Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today is July the 19th, 2021. And these are exciting times. We are in the middle of a, a absolutely transformative year, a year inside of the decade 2020, the decade of seeing more clearly, of opening up our eyesight, not only physically, but our inner sight so that we can see more clearly what's going on. And as always, I love to bring guests who, who are ordinary people who just like me, just like you, are in that journey of transformation. And today, I got a special treat for you because this is a return guest. Melissa is going to come and have a conversation with me because we are both grandmothers. She has been on this journey a little longer, so I've got much to learn from her as a grandmother. But her passion for humanity's awakening is as strong as mine. I mean, they're they're the same because once you tap into that within you, it's all the same. So please join me in welcoming Melissa. Melissa, thank you so much for this conversation. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know this is going to be juicy. I know that something's going to come up and um, just illuminate what it means to be the people that we are right here, right now. Absolutely. You know, and, and you and I have been connected throughout our journeys. We have seen the shifts, the changes, what has happened to each of us. We've talked about what activated the beginning of our journey, but I've also been watching you as a grandmother. And I, and as I, when I found that I was going to become a grandmother, which happened three months ago, I have been watching you and you've been that image that I'm looking at as my, my grandmother guru, because I want to be with my grandchildren as you have been with yours, the joy, the, the, it's just been beautiful, but also you've had more experience than I have in dealing with, you know, your child, your, your son-in-law, you know, uh, in-laws, uh, in-loves, and that adds a different dimension. So there's much for me to learn from you. But if there's one thing that I know we are both equal in is our commitment to make sure that everybody lives from their connected self, their aligned self with source, however that looks like. Um, so tell me what, what, Take me to when you first became a grandmother and take me into, take all of us into that grandmother journey and what began to shift inside of you as your external world was shifting with a newborn babe. Yeah, so it was even interesting. Um, so my first grandchild is four and that's Henley and that's my, my son's daughter. And so this was my daughter-in-law giving birth to my first grandchild. And this is my son who primarily was raised by a single mom um, you know, had stepdads, but didn't make the connection, had a dad that wasn't so present. So here he was preparing to be the thing that he had aspired to be his whole life. And so it was just this heart opening that you can't explain. Like, I, I remember when you found out about Lauren and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's coming. Like, you can't put into words the upgrade of heart space that comes into play that just it's an expansion like you becoming a grandmother is an expansion of just tremendous things and you you embody that matriarch that divine mother and and there's just so much you want to bring to the table like you know you start thinking about what is my role going to be what is i'm going to teach this person how am i going to love them what are the most important lessons in my life to pass on? What are the most important things to heal before they land? So, oh. yeah. So that was a big, you know, I, it kind of lit a fire 
under my butt. And I was already running. So I've, I've been running in the healing world long before this, but that was just another level that we were bringing in the next generation. And I just really wanted to be in that place to, to honor her arrival. Oh my goodness. I, I completely relate because when, when I found out that um, Lauren was having a baby, immediately I got that it was going to be a boy because actually before she announced um, to all of us, to the family, all of us together, a couple of nights prior to, I had had a dream that she, that her husband actually, uh, my son-in-love, Eric, was teaching their, their two-year-old son how to ride a bike. And which is really interesting. So he was learning to ride, keep that word, ride a bike. Uh -huh. And when I saw them a couple of days later and they announced that they were having a baby, I said, well, I know it's going to be a boy. And they were like, how, how do you know that? I'm like, because I, I, I know it. And then they told us that his name was going to be Ryder. I'm like, of course, I saw a little bike rider in, in my dream. So all of that made sense. And shortly before Ryder was born, his essence connected with me mm -hmm. and basically let me know why it had picked the parents and it wanted more conscious parents because it knew my daughter's level of not only the consciousness that she is at now, which is way more advanced than the typical person her age, but also her curiosity to continue to expand because he's coming in to blow their minds out. Um, and totally open up those hearts in a big way. But it said to me that it picked her because it wanted me to be the grandmother. And the reason it wanted me to be the grandmother is because of all that it is here to teach me. And writer is coming in as my next level guru, but it said that my role needs to be to remind him from the get-go of his alignment with source so that he does not have to go through the process of, forgetting and then remembering that my role is to remind him that he is a master. He's been here many, many lives. So he is coming in ready to teach and through his example. So we've got to be prepared to receive from him, not think that we're indoctrinating him because he's a you know, child with, without much in his mind and we got to fill it up with right. the human uh, conditioning. So anyways, like you, Oh my God, that, that lit a fire under me. It's like, oh, wow, I got to up my game. Yeah. But, but what I didn't think about is what you said, and I'd like for you to talk about this a little bit more. Because we are both teachers of this, we understand what our childhood does to us. So you could see your son who had not, didn't have those male connections, who was, who was, uh, just thirsting for that dad energy and he didn't get it from the outside but here he has an opportunity to give it to his son to his daughter his child what was that like for you having the awareness that you had about his childhood and now here he is in a parental role when carter was four he told me he he basically had a you know a traumatic day in the in the life with his dad and he just looked at me and he he was so convicted and it was so clear that I was talking to an old soul in that moment. He just looked me dead in my eyes and he just told me, I'm going to be the best father. I'm going to be a completely different kind of father. He was four. 
Wow. You know, and so that was his old soul speaking directly to me. And I just confirmed that I confirmed that the rest of his life because it was just such a clear soul to soul communication. So I love how you're saying, you know, your path, you have clarity with Ryder on what you're supposed to remind him. That was a beautiful opportunity with me, with my son of clarity, that that's what I was supposed to make sure that he knew as an individual, even though I didn't know about a lot of other things, I did know that part. But I also feel that so deeply to be that mirror for our grandchildren of their magnificence and, and to keep putting that back to them because for parents, they're in survival mode. You know, they're raising children, they're, they're young in life and, and they've got a lot of things going on. As grandparents, we have perspective and awareness and we can really hold that light to them and help them not forget who they are. Oh, that's absolutely spot on with what I know is, is my role. And it is the role of everybody who awakens and, yeah. and can see the past, the work that we've done to get us to the place that, that we are, where we recognize that these beings that are born, these are old souls coming into this planet. And it is about holding the light so that it doesn't get snuffed out as much as ours was. So speak to, because this, this part is really fascinating to me. You and I were both very type A moms. We knew what exactly, how to be the best moms. And I don't remember much about your childhood, but my childhood, like your son, like Carter, I had uh, didn't have a presence of a dad in my life. So I grew up with this idea that I couldn't count on men, that I re desperately uh, wanted to have a family and I was going to be a better parent to my children than my parents were to me. Yeah. So I took on this very aggressive, I got to provide, I can't count on a man. While at the same time, I had this feminine desire to, to be a mother and stay at home, but I attracted into my life a, a father that wasn't quite, didn't have that, that masculine drive that I did. So I was the primary breadwinner. And I also wanted to be the stay-at-home mom. So yeah. I built an entire persona of assertiveness and aggressiveness. And it was all about the money. It was all about the security. It was all about all of these things. So my desire to be a mom and be present for my child, I couldn't really do that with my first child because I was so busy making up um, you know, my my independence, showing this mask of independence. And, and, and trying to give them everything. Right? Exactly. Like, that's how we were showing our love yeah. through that. And so I'm totally aligned. Sa same kind of thing. Power play, busy traveling. Um, you know, I worked in sales and marketing and, you know, did the suits and the briefcase and was like, hey, love you. I'll be back. Hey, you know, but showered them with the things yeah. versus the experience, the attention and things that they they desired and that they needed. So so we definitely have done a lot of healing over that. And it's a conversation that, that we have on a regular basis. Um, we actually like, okay, let's do the inner child work. So for me personally, I had a childhood rich for personal growth as well. And so, you know, I, my parents were young when they were born together. So they had a lot of stresses in life. They had a lot of different things going on. And so a lot of the things that I picked up were through contrast 
because I did want to do things differently and I wanted to understand things in a different way. And so from a very young age in having my kids, I started I started studying. I became a parenting instructor when I realized that I was not doing well in my parenting like that. That's kind of and, and I know you we crave knowledge, we crave learning and we want to pass that on to others to make life easier. Oh, yeah. And it's so interesting because unlike you, I didn't, I didn't, my work didn't take me um, traveling. So I was actually very, very present nights, uh, weekends, we were definitely had a lot of family time. I think what might happen with well, what is happening with my daughter is that she has said she wants to kind of create for her children the kind of upbringing she had that she had, which was mom and dad together until she was 19. Her dad and I were married. We lived in the same house, very stable. Actually, she she was, she was remembers two homes, but she went to the second house um, when she was eight, and then we were there until she was 19. So very, very stable. Yeah. Uh, always family dinners, and we were there, we were present. But what what she got from me was this very controlling mother that would let her know how she needed to be, what she needed to wear, how she needed to do her hair, how things needed to be for her to be my perfect child so that mm -hmm. I could prove to myself that I was the perfect mother that I didn't have. So she is coming at this from, I want to recreate all this goodness, not really realizing that it was not so good. It was so controlling. Yeah. Yeah. So she's having to work through in some ways, letting go of the image that she has of what was perfect for her mm -hmm. and address what does her heart want? What does her heart want? And I know she would love to just be able to not be on that money treadmill that I taught her is part of what a mom does. And they're they're experiencing that. So how did you address conversations with your son and then you've got a daughter-in-law so there there's it's not your daughter that's yeah. the parent so, so i have a daughter and then i have a daughter who has two children as well so i have three grandchildren total and so um yeah you know so so we had those family dinners and we had those those family meetings on the weekend like you know my parenting philosophy was a little too loose honestly, like they had a lot of freedom. They had a lot of expression. They didn't so much have the discipline and the structure, and they definitely didn't receive the spirituality because that came much later for us. Now, um, when Henley was born, you know, my daughter in love had a challenging pregnancy. And so there was some tumultuous times there. And it's, it's really difficult as the mother-in-love, <laughs> the mother-in-law to know where your place is. And so, so we had some difficulty in that time and, and I had to stand strong kind of in, I love you, but that's not acceptable. And she had to say, I love you and that's not acceptable. And so during her pregnancy, it was very challenging. But once Henley was born, literally on the day that it was born, we just melted back into each other mm. for the love of that child. And, and that has been the case ever since, gets emotional. Um, and then that's been the case ever, ever since. And then um, there's been some spiritual experiences with Henley, um, who, like I said, is now four, where she and I have shared things on an astral level 
that have been deeply profound and shared with her parents and accepted. And so she is a, a all three of them are very special individuals with very different gifts and talents. And I think that's a beautiful thing, like you having that experience with Ryder before he ever arrived, me having a similar experience with Henley after she arrived. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. There are so many different ways that that we are going to have those experiences. But let's talk about let's isolate just this piece right here. Okay. Because when I'm holding Ryder and he's looking off, I tell my daughter, oh, my gosh, he's looking at his guides. He, he has so many. He's got an entire entourage of guides yeah. that I feel them there. And he zeroes in and looks at them and he will be so attentive looking off. And I'll tell Lauren, oh, he's looking at his guides and Lauren, you know, rolls her eyes. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> so, but let's talk about your understanding of that expanded world that I did not know. I didn't understand about all the beings that support us. I did not understand about how vast this universe is because I had blinders on and thought humans were the only, you know, beings in the planet. And we were the most uh, advanced of all beings because that's what I was taught, you know, in, in that prideful um, programming that we receive. And anything that's out there, these are ETs or bad, they're out there to destroy us. If there was anything out there, talk about your experience with what is beyond here and then how you and your your granddaughter Henley are are having those connections, those conversations. Yeah, so it was um, it was within a month of Henley being born that her great grandfather um, got ill in, down in, they were in Atlanta, he was down in Florida and he got ill and um, the whole family was rallying to go and be with him, anticipating that this may be the end he was in a coma for a period of a few days and Henley and I traveled together to be with him on another plane and to assist him through his transition. Mm, now, chills. yeah, it, it, it was, it was just the most magical and it's such an honoring experience to be able to connect with a soul and, and do something along those lines. Um, and it was really interesting because he and I had only met in person once. Okay. And then, you know, but I just felt all this energy around the experience and wanting to be send the blessings, send the light surrounding them. And so I, I went into such a prayerful place of, of supporting the family from a distance as this was going on. And, and I could do that because I was on the outer circle. Right. And so as that person in that outer circle, I opened up a channel that allowed me to connect with where he was and what he was going through. And you know, there is no judgment from God and greater ones, but there is judgment of self. And, and we fall into that place as we're preparing for our transition, which is why it's so important to do the healing work here and exactly. now and get clear, exactly. get really clear. You're magnificent. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so as I was there with him through, through different steps, um, we were working our way to the peace of, of, of death and the peace of his transition. And, and I would feel other presence there and I would step back and then I would come back in. So it was this dance that was coming back in. And I came back in after getting him to a, a certain point of peace and I heard laughter and I heard a child's laughter. And I was chasing him in the light. 
are you okay? Are you, I'm good. I'm good. I'm with her. I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, okay, great. But I wanted to see for myself because we had been through this journey together and I hear the laughter of the child and I'm just like, who is that? Like, who is that? And so I, I run energetically through this plane of existence and I catch up with them and I see the back of a child and I recognize it as four-year-old, five-year-old Henley. Wow. That her spirit had come in to connect with him and be with him and take him into the light. Oh my gosh. I, extra. My goosebumps already have now goosebumps. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. amazing. And so while all this is going on, their family is gathering with a newborn baby to get down to Fort Lauderdale as fast as they can to be with him and to see him. And they're, the, the doctors did not think he would come out of the coma. He came out of the coma. And there's a picture of the whole family together with him in the hospital. They never thought he'd you know, be in a wheelchair or anything along that, those lines, but he was actually to, able to go home and, and die in his home. But there is a picture where my son Carter is holding Henley and he's sitting in a wheelchair and he reached over and he's kissing her foot, oh. which is the sign of a master. To bow at the feet of the master, to bow at the feet of the divine. And so it was just confirmation that she was the one. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. In that story, there is so much, so much for us to, to learn. So, so many things. So I'm going to touch on a couple different things and grab whichever one you want to expand. But we are we are in a time right now. And this is this is the decade to see things clearly, to acknowledge our divinity, to accept that we are non-physical first and foremost, and that the greater part of us remains non-physical. We're just a very tiny point of expression in this physical body of the all that we are. Yes. So to be able to wake up now and live from that enlightened, magnificent place is is our path. We need to resurrect out of this, this idea that we're not these magnificent beings that we've been conditioned to. So here, here he is having that awareness, which allowed him to, I'm going to say, because this is what I'm sensing, to go home because he could live now in this heightened awareness of love, of peace, of lack, you know, releasing any potential yeah. fears for the crossover. But also Henley, her tiny point of existence in this physical plane as a master, just like like writer as a master, still has her her infinite self on the other side meeting grandfather in, and then again to touch on not only can we awaken to that truth of our our expansive eternal self here, but we can also access our eternal aspect here because all planes of existence exist at, at once. Yes. And don't we want everyone to know this? And don't we want everyone to, to embrace the stillness and find your path to that? And, and there are many paths. There are many paths into connecting into your higher soul, but it, it requires stillness and it, it requires, it's a practice, you know, yeah. it, it, is, it a is a practice. To do but, that, but that's what Ryder is uh, is going to be teaching me how to access the eternal me while I'm still in this physical me because that is something I I I have not 
I have not mastered that. Actually, it's not been it's not been a big part of my practice to tap into my eternal self. I've been really busy working on my human self and removing yeah. layers and and on this journey, you know, we we there are so many parts to this to this awakening. So so much of my path has been in focusing on on understanding my ego mind, which is a lot of what I teach is understanding how that ego mind gets created and it blocks us from our divine self. But I understand that 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 doesn't run my life anymore. That shift has happened, which is why I know that I am awake because I don't have to react from my ego. I am grounded in my eternal loving self so I can be gentle and patient and all of those things. But my continued journey is to deepen into my eternal self and activate my Christ consciousness, which is what I see is the essence of writer, pure Christed consciousness. How, how, tell me about your relationship with Henley. It's, it's magical. And it's, it's so interesting because I made the decision to move to Florida about six hours away from them and they were all born. They were all here. Um, and so we have quality time over quantity time, but when we're together, it's planned and it's present and it's intense. Um, and then also we we connect on a dream level. So I also visit them in, in their dreams and I, I send them blessings and prayers every day. And and those are felt. And so I recently lost um, at the end of last year, I lost my grandfather and come to find out he had a practice of every night in his prayers for us. He would name us by name which was helping him with his memory in his nineties, you know, just, it was, it was good for him. Cause there's a lot of us to, to go through each and every one of us and have that prayer and blessing. And then when he died and transitioned, knowing that I could, I could feel the shift. Mm. I, I could feel like, Oh, that's what that was. And, and it was the same with him. Like it was quality time over quantity time, but he was one of the most influential people as far as someone who saw me and recognized me and loved me and, you know, acceptance, right? Like to have that deep and profound acceptance um, that I could be the full expression of myself in his presence. And that is what I aspire to be for all three of mine. Wow. And that's what my grandmother was for me. So that that grandparent um, presence, the one that, because not all, she was the only one of my, my four grandparents who yeah. saw that and held that truth about my magnificence and so that's why it always felt wonderful being with her um so here your grandfather you just gave me a, a wonderful a ritual that i'm going to incorporate that prayer deliberate uh, for writer because i lawrence in colorado and i'm in atlanta so for me it is a six hour trip three hours in the plane and then you know the couple of hours to drive to get there a couple of hours to drive to their place in the mountains um, so roughly, you know, it's a, it's an, it's a day adventure. So we FaceTime a lot and yeah. my FaceTime with writer is definitely one where I get to connect with his essence, but to deliberately bring him into my prayer before I go to sleep at night, I am going to add that uh, as a practice. How sweet to go to sleep. Yeah. You'll have I, delicious dreams. And and the, the interesting thing is Elias, who is, is my three-year-old grandson, is very sensitive. And so there are times that he'll wake up in the morning and tell my daughter, Cheyenne, I was with Yana. 
I was with Yana last night and then Cheyenne will be like, mom, what are you doing? And I'm just like, oh yeah, we had a good time. It was fun. <laughs> they call you Yana. They call me Yana. And so when um, I was actually at a spiritual retreat, when Cheyenne got engaged and um, one of the, the master teachers there told me about the name Yana and it means always, always says yes and divine grace. And that's what I wanted to be with my grandchildren. And so I chose Yana as my grandmother name. Oh, I love that. And yeah. I, I've told my kids, um, or I told Lauren and, and her her hubby that, because they've asked me, well, what do you want writer to call you? Because all the other grandparents have very specific names. Yeah. And I, I want him to call me whatever he wants to call me. Yeah. But well, yeah. So Elias did do that for Sean, my husband. So we're a blended family. We have tons of grandparents. And honestly, I think these these old souls and these wise ones actually need greater support systems. So I think it's a total blessing that they have all of these these grandparents from divorce, you know, yeah. but it, it's a beautiful thing to recognize that they have all this support. And so my husband was grand dude, you know, so he was the grand dude. And it's so interesting because Elias changed his name and he calls him Diga. <laughs> and we can't find any reason, any, you know, there's nothing, but he's like, he's so for Henley, Sean is grand dude, but for Elias and Amelia, he's Diga. Oh, how yeah. sweet is that? Well, growing up in the Dominican Republic and being Latin, my, my grandmother that I was so connected to is my abuelita. And mm -hmm. so my daughter has, has grown up hearing me talk about my relationship to my abuelita. Yeah. So when I'm with her and Ryder, she she refers to me as, oh, Ryder, look at Abuelita. So that's getting woven in there somehow, the Spanish term for grandmother. Somehow it's getting woven in there. But whatever Ryder comes up with is is absolutely perfect. One of our favorite people in the world, Ursula Lentini. So good to have your your presence here. So let, let's talk about the the importance of seeing our children as opportunities as new parents opportunities for us to heal any unresolved childhood stuff that we have you know we're carrying forward what have you noticed with with your children um, and their children in terms of do you see those moments those opportunities of yeah. these mirrors that the grandchildren are for our children yeah, we, we, we see patterns show up, right? Because it's their programming. It's yeah. it, it's so ingrained in their subconscious, regardless of the fact that we've had these conscious conversations. Um, you know, what is it? They, It's not what we say, it's what we do, right? That that becomes their their entrainment in, in, in that process. And so, so yeah, my daughter and I talk about that a, a lot and, and gratefully so, she's really open. And we have a lot of open communication. We we go back and we hear heal her childhood trauma. So we work through different things and recognize things. And so she's very open to me going and I'm I'm respectful. I ask, you know, is it okay if I share this with you? I'm seeing something. And she's like, yeah. And she kind of braces herself for it. And then I, and I always preference it, you know, kind of with nonviolence communication. Totally. And, you know that this is coming through my filter, but this is what I'm seeing, and I I can see it. It makes you uncomfortable, and and this is what how this is coming about. Um, but yeah, that really driven female. You know, she has a beautiful divine relationship with her husband. 
like, and they're very clear on how they want to raise their children. But there's this part of her that watched me be that assertive powerhouse, making the money, doing the thing, mom, that, that still eats at her that she's not that right now, that she's made another choice, which is a, a super conscious choice, but really goes against her upbringing. So, so we do this dance on a regular basis and she will say, Oh my God, I'm so frustrated right now. Like I, 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 I just don't want to be home. I need to go to work. And I'm like, do you, or is this your work? Like they don't see the value of everything that they bring to their family. And, you know, we can, we can look at the example of her husband who is amazing and just a wonderful father, a wonderful provider, but the expansion of what he's been able to create in their conscious decision for her to stay home, they have lost nothing and only gained. Yeah. And that's what I really want young parents to know is the energy of these children come in with desires. Your family raises as, as a unit, you know, and, and that's really where people are like, oh, it's just a kid. No, it's not. It's a soul. It's, it's a soul that has energy and magnetism and it draws in the material things, you know, yeah. that they we come here to survive. You know, the universe is conspiring for us. The universe is also conspiring for these children. And that comes through the parents. Well, I heard that all children incarnating uh, pretty much since uh, this last wave around 2012, they're all coming in as masters. Not a one is coming in as a new soul. This planet is absolutely completely shifting. shifting. So the while we're in this, this bifurcation right now, all that are going to shift into being awake and living from that state of, of knowingness that it, it we are one and yeah. living in collaboration and cooperation, that, that um, those beings, those children, are part of where are moving us in that direction, all masters. And those who remain asleep, the parents who remain asleep are going to be stuck. Well, I shouldn't say stuck, are going to be also um, experiencing masters born in their communities to, to, to push against what they are so stuck with in terms of their consciousness. So we really, so it's masters, all masters. Yeah. New souls are going to be born when we when we ascend to a higher frequency. Those new souls are going to come in into that higher for, as a playground yeah. because they. And when I say new souls, new souls to uh, physical life, mm. not because they're, they're going to be experienced souls. They're going to be high evolved souls that haven't had incarnations, but they'll they'll have new incarnations because they know they're going to be born to parents that are awake. I love it. I, I so did not know this. I'm like, well, I see them all around, but that yeah. makes more sense to me. It's because of the frequency. So those mm -hmm. souls that have that have been waiting to incarnate, who have been assisting the planet in its ascension, they cannot they won't incarnate until our frequency reaches closer to where they are. Then they'll take on physical vessels, which actually will be more crystalline. So, but but the the souls that are going to be born into the 3D world that is going to remain, I mean, it's going to have its own journey. They'll get new souls who are going to descend into that lower frequency and take on physical bodies. But those who are going to be born into the 5D world, 
because we're splitting. I mean, that split is happening. It's a consciousness within that we're shifting. So there's going to be a match of souls that that can incarnate for those frequencies. But let's talk a little bit about um, you and I are both very clear that the shift that happens inside as within, so without a shift has to also happen outside because the outside is just people with stories that need to be healed. And when people with stories that are unhealed are in positions of power, we both have seen what happens when we are operating from greed, when we're operating from selfishness, it's created a lot of systems that have contributed to the oppression of humanity. How do you as a grandmother stand uh, in service to the ascension of humanity knowing you've got these three beautiful souls who have incarnated as these beautiful masters, your children who are more conscious parents, how do you see your role supporting that family unit in the midst of a world that you know is also going through a transformation? I had to go through a transformation. So, so through my transformation, that that's my greatest way to, to make that contribution into the world. But you know, I've, I've actually in this second half of life, given myself a whole new education. I've completely educated myself in, in a completely different path in order to assist humanity through healing, through past life regression, through coaching and, and being in service in such a different way from the corporate success that I had in my previous life or the restaurants that I owned or, you know, the, the different things that I did. Um, you know, I, I did a complete 180 and changed my life. Wow. So then today, how are you, um, when you go about doing these past life regressions and you're coaching and you're teaching, what is, what is it that you, know inside of you, or let me reframe this, you know inside of you that 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 support that you're giving those people who want to heal is creating a new earth. So how do you see your role in the creation of the new earth? And why do you want to participate in that creation? And I'll share my side because my my path is 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 shifting tremendously from that. Um, but how do you see your role in creating that new earth, not only for you, but for your grandchildren yeah. through the work that you're doing? Right. And so, I mean, we can't deny in our reality that there's a chaotic world around us and, and, and all of that is going on. So, you know, in to be in service to others based on the healing arts and the, and the regression work and that work, that, that's one way. But it's to remind and awaken people to the self-love, you know, and it's interesting. I saw a meme recently that it was, um, you know, we're, we're not here to awaken the sheep. We're here to awaken the lions. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. And, and honestly, we can we can waste a lot of time chasing the sheep. Yeah. And so really what I'm doing right now is trying, you know, and I'm figuring it out as I go along. I'm also an evolution. So I continue to add things to my toolbox that I'm like, OK, that's a better way of doing things. Right. So I'm still continuing to learn and grow and to be open to that but to create experiences that attract those lions and to be more in my authenticity is huge. And and that's a bit uncomfortable based on where I've been and the parts I've played in the mask, you know, so to be completely transparent with the fact that I don't have all the answers, but I have some, 
Yeah. And I'm and I'm here to support you. And so it's being that vessel of love and acceptance for wherever someone is and knowing they can take the steps that they desire to take. Mm, and you know, self-love is a big part of it. You know, where can we have more acceptance? Where can we do more forgiveness? Where can we respect ourselves and build our self-esteem and confidence in that authenticity versus molding ourselves to to exist in chaos oh my goodness i love that i love hearing that because as you're saying that i am getting that visual i've seen that meme also we're not here to wake the the sheep but to to assist those lions that are ready to yeah. roar and that is just so so beautiful and i felt that for a long time that was my role but what i am feeling called now now that i understand that we reincarnate now that i understand that this every system is just made up of people who are either asleep or awake that's all it is or, or somewhere in between mm -hmm. i really did not want to just deal with sheep waking up sheep is very difficult it's convincing trying to convince somebody no there's another perspective you can look at this differently if you weren't coming from your wounded self you would not be doing wounding things to others you wouldn't be vomiting your your pain and your victimhood or your bullying on somebody else if you had healed your work right well, hurt people it, hurt people exactly yeah. and he and happy people hang out with happy people there we go. Yeah. so what what was so fascinating for me was experiencing the resistance that I've been in for this past, I'm going to say about a year or so through the COVID story, I have noticed that my spiritual community was really actually, um, I realized, you know, that that's just another cocoon that I had built. I went from the smaller cocoon of religion to a bigger cocoon of no religion and atheism and agnosticism and all that. I built a bigger <laughs> cocoon of studying all paths, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism and, and even started reading um, and studying a little bit of Islam. And then I built a bigger cocoon for me that was my spiritual community that I thought everybody knew we create our own reality because that's what the teachings were in those communities to yeah. then realizing, oh, wait a second. One of the most profound books that I ever read and I still to, the, to this day teach from it is by Debbie Ford, I'm sure you know it, The Dark yes. Side of the Light Chasers. Yes. And I saw that in the spiritual community, if you're just chasing the light, you are denying the darkness. That's so right. what what has become very clear for me is that if we want the darkness to dissipate, we have to face it and oh. acknowledge I'm contributing. We gotta go deep in it. Totally. You know, totally. Like, go in deep in it. The shadow work is the most profound work that we can do to meet that um, deepest and darkest part of ourselves. Yes. And, and that's where I really love the regression work that yeah. I'm doing is because I'm just a guide. I'm I'm along with you for the journey. We're going to go in and we're going to have greater awareness and we're going to come out with a greater healing. But then there's also that opportunity where that person can always go back to that place. Yeah. You become exactly. your own self healer, your own self guide, and yeah. you're connected to your guides and you, you feel that fully which is to activate the master within and that is you no know, i've been doing that for the last 15 years and i am so so glad that i am hearing many teachers like you that's what you are called to continue to do but i'm being called right now because of what i'm observing happening in the world yeah. to be more along the lines of um 
like Jesus or like, uh, you know, Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. to step into facing the the political establishment. Yeah, the it's activism. That, mm -hmm. that active, but see, I consider what you're doing activism because you're activating truth one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. I am called to activate truth in a, in a bigger group. So to participate in some, I'm being called into some kind of political activism because it's time for me to take truth and be the lighthouse inside of a group of people that may not necessarily even know that there's such a thing as a spiritual journey. So I was resisting that because why, why do I have to be the one that goes talk and speak in front of all these sheep that may be attacking me or may be judging me? Right. So when I came out with my support of Donald Trump, that was my initiation into receiving my spiritual community just just in in that incredible attack that happened and grounding myself in knowing what my truth is and not defending it but treating each of them with the love and respect because i was focusing on the lion that was in them not the sheep that they were behaving as right and so because of of writer i know we're incarnating him and my daughter and i will and you will and your grandchildren and and our grandparents are going to be incarnating what world do I want me them to incarnate into and I want to incarnate into a higher frequency world that new earth that 5d realm so I it's been placed on my heart to be you know this warrior grandmother yeah that is and I love that about you like you you know it's, it's interesting because you said like you, you you don't you have that grounding you have that force and you have that ability to digest that information and turn around and put it in simple terms for people so they can they can make an educated decision you know and and i know for me i don't have that ability like my ability is very different and and so i love that you're doing your work and i'm doing my work and it's all for the good of all exactly and how beautiful and there are so many like you and i who like ursula that was just here she's yeah. doing her work in her way and we're each being sent to every corner of the planet to stand as 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 clear people awaken the truth of who we are and assisting the the shift for humanity in whatever way we're supposed to be doing it but that is part of us listening to that inner guidance that is telling us which route to take. And I didn't want to go down this path. <laughs> but here you are, right? And, 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 and no spiritual community could have told you that, right? Like it, it's alignment and it's you coming into alignment with yourself. And it's me coming into alignment with myself, which is really standing on my own cross. Exactly exactly we we each have to stand in in that space but let's talk about why we're each and and i know ursula is standing in our own space and where do you get your conviction to stand in your own space what do you think let's let's give people some nuggets of uh wisdoms and just some ideas of how you came to stand so grounded in your conviction about what you're here to do it took practice, you know, it took a lot of meditation. It, it, I mean, it did, it, it took a lot of exploration. Um, it took a lot of reading and study. And, and that's really where I like to take someone through a regression process because it, 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 it's, 
I don't want to say it's shortcutting because it's not shortcutting, but it is taking those really important questions that we have and going in and getting the direct answers from ourselves. That's it for me. It was that alignment, that alignment with God within source, spirit, whatever the heck you want to call the truth that is inside of all of us. If we if we are alive is because the essence of life itself is pulsing through us. So to come inside to hear that and and that to me is what the journey is all about. To stop listening to the voice of the conditioning, the programming, what mom said, what dad said, grandma said, church said, government said all those hand-me-down beliefs that we've outgrown. They don't fit us anymore. Not only that, they're so worn out, they're full of holes. We gotta give up, give up those hand-me-down beliefs and align ourselves with that inner knowing that is, that is wanting to express itself, which is why I want, my writer said to me, his soul said to me, make sure that I am able to speak the truth that is in me. Remind him that what comes out of him is his, in our knowing and the conditioning that we give him needs to be conditioning that empowers him to always go inside and check within. Yeah. So I think here, empowerment, that, yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing to be self-empowered. And, and I think that's what I want to bring to others. That's what I want to bring to my grandchildren that, you know, to, to just keep reminding them of their own power. Yeah. Well, and I was just recently, just just this morning, they left. My um, sister and her granddaughter were here. Her granddaughter's almost 10 years old. She'll be 10 next month. And I was listening to some of the interchange between them. And I was listening to this old conditioning that it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, where Camilla, my niece, would say what she wanted. And grandmother would say, no, you don't. Or Camilla, you know, says whatever she was saying. And yeah. no, you're not feeling that. And and it was such a beautiful ability to observe yeah. that inside of us, we know what we want, but a loving voice that would guide us, you know, for example, Camille says, oh, I want to eat chocolate cake. And grandma, no, you don't. Instead of going to that place is why do you want chocolate cake? What is it that you're drawn to in that chocolate cake? Oh, I want the the sweet of it, or I want the chocolate of it. Well, when we are tapped into our inner knowing and we're invited to unpack that, then there's as a voice on the outside that says, oh, well, we know what refined sugar does to your your body. If you want something sweet, how about an apple? If you're looking for something, you know, chocolatey, what about a piece of of dark chocolate that isn't so heavily processed or full of processed sugars? to honor the inner knowing and guide it into a way that allows them to navigate the world, be in it, but not of it. And that's, that's, that's why my name is Yana always says yes, because there's always a guidance and a constructive way to say yes, the same way the universe and God always says yes to us. Mm. And so it, it is, it's exploring those questions. Why do you want that? Do you want the sweetness? Would this work for you? You know, so it's it's not shutting them down. And, and I think that's one of the hardest things to witness is to watch people shut down children when they're trying to express themselves. And it, and it is coming from their truth in, in that experience, in that moment. But because, not to spoil, to yeah. guide, you know, discipline is loving. Yeah. You know, if it's supporting our inner knowing. Right. Because if a child says, I love science all right, let's cultivate the discipline 100%. to study and to get the work yeah. done and to complete the project. 
Um, so yes, I totally see that. But I have come to realize that that no in in my journey now, no is is conditioned um, because. God, source, spirit, the yes that comes is always a yes that says, okay, try something else, try something else. There's never a hard no. There is simply a redirection of the flow of that energy that seeks expression. For the highest and good. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo for yeah. the highest good. So let, let's talk about um, in, in this world as it is today, share how, how you see things unfolding what what vision what are you holding as as the world that your children your grandchildren are going to experience i want to i want to know what you are sensing about the future that's coming i for for me there's just a great unknown there are so many different pivots and turns that we can take that i don't even feel like i have the ability to give that foresight what i do recognize is that the energy continues to increase the rapidness of life manifestation creation is speeding up. The technology is speeding everything up. And in, in turn, the technology that is us is required to speed up. So I think it's really important to ground them in the stillness so that they don't get swept away in that technology. I believe they're here, you know, I, I know there was a lot of, of talk around the stipends and things like that. Oh my gosh, we're doing this to our grandchildren. We're doing this. And I'm like, they're going to figure out a better way. We have to survive right now. People are hungry. You know, people need to be taken care of right now, whatever the situation may be. If we can keep them grounded in their magnificence in their beauty, in their authenticity, they're going to have the answers to our future. They're going to build a better, brighter future than we ever could have imagined with our programming as it is now. I'm loving that. I am loving that. Well, I have been given visions with certainty about what's coming. And for me, I absolutely love that because as much as I am in the unknown exactly how it's going to happen, I do have the known of the process by which awakening happens. And I keep being told as within, so without. So that dismantling of the, the rigidity of our egoic consciousness, our, our programming, yeah. as you know, that was painful. It, and so the image that I keep getting is the, the caterpillar to the butterfly. Yeah. That as within, so without, that the world right now, the cocoon that we have been living inside of, um, where we were caterpillars, basically just it programmed and, and behaving as we were supposed to behave, that cocoon that appeared to be a safe place for the butterfly to enter into as it went into sleep is what is the world right now is dissolving. The image of the butterfly is what is emerging after 20, the 2020 decade. So 20, uh, 30, 2030 is a year of total and complete emergence of a transformed world into that place of co-creating. As you said, I don't know how that what that's gonna look like, but co-creating right. that new earth. But what I am being given is a clear image of this cocoon, this darkness is an opportunity for all systems to break down, that yeah. I don't support the butterfly, the systems of the caterpillar, that had a sluggish and in density and couldn't can't leave the ground because the the programming is so so heavy into just being physical 
um, and we're just humans, has taken the, well, has, has disconnected us from our truth. So yeah. we're reconnecting in this cocoon. And that is why for me, my being called into being in, yes, I'm still there. I can feel a little resistance there <laughs> into that level of activism is yeah. to, to basically turn on the light in the cocoon and say, hey, people, nobody here is disempowered. Everybody is a powerful being. And those who have ears will hear it. Those who have eyes to see what I'm talking about will see it. But I cannot be distracted by anybody who, who cannot... Uh, who doesn't have the eyes and ears to see because they are lions sleeping and my work is to honor the sleeping lions and some of them might come and talk to you and they'll they'll yeah. you know individually do that work but there are a lot of sheep that are ready to pop and if I am standing firm speaking what I know is the truth of who I that's been given to me that's my work. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I thought I was done with with the sheep. But it brings me to a, um, a story in the Bible. And I'm not a big Bible person, but a few stories have jumped out at me. Yeah. And there's a story of the shepherd who goes out and is tending to his sheep and one little sheep goes yeah. off the beaten path. And I've been told you're gonna have to go after that one sheep and I'm going I <laughs> Ay, 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 why? Why do I gotta go after that one sheep? I wanna go play with a lion. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because my learning that everyone is a master in disguise is part of my, my expansion, is to continue to humble myself in front of every single master, even if they're in the sheep costume. Right. And uh, just treat them with that reverence like your your granddaughter mm -hmm. or grandfather kissing her foot. Yeah. Every crazy ass sheep out there that is lost, they are a master and I've got to kiss their feet. And um it just it's like, oh <laughs> hopefully not literally don't have to be kissing all those dirty feet. Well and the, and the, and you're the person, right? Because that's your calling. Yeah. And, and each of our calling is different. And and I, I think that's the really, you know, for a grandparent who doesn't see their grandchild very often, you know, you still have a calling. You still have an energetic. There's still things that you're, you're sending out a ripple throughout the generations of goodness for them. But then the activation that you're doing. You know, that, that's where we're called. And and so, you know, it's funny because I said I didn't have an, a vision, but I do have one vision that came through very clearly, which was that as a soul, we're part of creation. Yeah. So it's not so much that we're co-creating, but we've already created it and we have to align to it. And so, I, you know, I always love that it's aligned with Lina, right? But it's also aligned with, with self. And being That's in it. alignment with self, you see the beauty and the art and the gorgeousness of this planet and the gorgeousness of this experience. And, you know, as an elder, you know, you become a grandparent, you become an elder. The elder is it's our job to point that out. It's, it's our job to make them not make them, but to show them and to give them and to guide them to see the beauty that is here that they have already been a part of creating. And I think through their creation, through their, their inner knowing of who they are in that creation, they're going to, they're going to fight for all that is. 
Oh, I love you saying that. And that just clicked in my mind that this this journey, this political um, journey that I've been on and, and observing the, the medical world and what's going on with the jabs and the viruses and all of those things, I've actually been able to see the light workers in those fields and to be more appreciative of how, because in my spiritual bubble, I thought oh, all, all awakened spiritual beings are only talking to spiritual people. We're all in the spiritual community because that's where so many of my teachers, they were in that spiritual genre and that spiritual community. And as I'm popping out of that, that cocoon, seeing, yes, as you said, so many, you have to follow your own guidance. And there are teachers on this planet in every field, in every area. I'm watching the enlightened attorneys. I'm watching, and they may not, and they don't, some of them don't even, they don't use spiritual language. Yeah. They are just recognizing the light in every being and each being sovereignty and wanting to do whatever it takes for that being to be sovereign. Yes. And seeing that in all of those areas is what has me really excited with the aligning. I know synchronistically I'm going to be connecting with those who may not talk spirituality, um, but are embodying spirit. We that's what I was telling my daughter. I, I don't, I'm not spiritual anymore. I am spirit. And that is what I am, and that is what what I have to stand for because I want to incarnate into uh, a planet that has been co-created by people who uphold life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all, which is not only uh, was it channeled into our constitution, but it's what I teach from A Course in Miracles is what what is in sacred texts is that we have the life of the creative source pulsing in us so that we can express ourselves in liberty and freedom to be who we are. And that is what allows us to pursue the happiness because when you're yourself is when you're your happiest. Yes. So that's what I want for writer. The constitution to be honored if you're not spiritual or spiritual texts that say that to be honored like A Course in Miracles because they both are saying the same thing because spirit was active in the creation of our constitution as it is active today. In, in prisons as it is active today in in every single field. Every facet of our world, right? It, every molecule, it, it, it's all energy. So it, it is all connected. And and it is, you know, taking that, su- that conscious, the subconscious and the super consciousness and aligning those together, you know, th- th- through that togetherness is where we feel most alive where we most have vitality and where we're so clear on our value is when we're in alignment with those. And when we're, we're playing the game in our consciousness, our subconscious and our super consciousness, our higher self, our soul is upset. <laughs> and that's why we feel upset, you know? So, so, you know, people are like, Oh, well, how are you so happy? And it's like, I work very hard on, on being authentic and keeping those things in line. And if we can share that with our grandchildren and we can share that with our children who are now open because they have these little beings to raise and they're like, how do we do this? You know, and they see us happy. They see us following our callings. And, and you know, again, like I'm having to, to change that where I taught you one thing. I was an example for one thing. Now I have to be an example for something else. 
Oh my goodness, I love that. So how can people find this enlightened grandmother so that they can do healing work with you? Please yes, share. I, I would love that. So so right now you can find me on my personal page, which is Melissa Oliver here on Facebook. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram at Practically Divine. Um, and then Practically Divine Facebook and Practically Divine website are coming soon. So, so yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so yeah. wonderful. So for anybody who is listening to this as the podcast, Melissa has two S's in it. So M-E-L-I-S-S-A, Oliver, O-L-I-V-E-R. And oh my gosh, how exciting. Well, I, I am thrilled that you would come and share your grandmother wisdom because I love that you use the word elder. It is. We are here. When we heal ourselves, we literally are healing past generations, creating a path for future generations to enter into environments that are a higher calibration of, of yeah. healing to bring in more light and even expand that healing. But that elder, um, that elder mantle is beautiful. We have medicine. It, there you go. Medicine. And, and if you so choose to embrace being that medicine woman in your family, it can be transformational. What a gift. Well, as always, thank you so much for sharing your incredible wisdom and, and people. It, I'm sure you'll, you've been touched by this. And whenever you listen to this, just on Facebook, find Melissa Oliver, Melissa with two S's and practical. Practically uh, divine. Practically yep. divine. Love that. That that website is coming soon. Can't wait to find it. Sister, I adore you. Thank I you love you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was delicious as always. And I dedicate this to all of the grandparents out there. Please take what resonates, leave what doesn't. And we are absolutely, uh, oh, here, let's, let's post this message from our friend Ursula. Great show, ladies. Thank, thank you, you. Ursula. <laughs> thank you for being with us, sweet sister. And thank you for shining your light. And you may not be a physical grandmother, but you certainly exude the elder energy and the medicine woman energy. 100%. So, love you all and goodbye. Okay.